Swing and a drive. Get up, ball. Get out of here. And gone. And they are the city of champions again. Edmonton Eskimos. Great coaches. McDavid set up by Drysaddle. Another breakaway. This time, he wins it. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carrius Show. Good morning to you. What a weekend in sports, man. Oh, man, was there a lot going on, even going back to Friday night. Huge win for the Elks in Saskatchewan. 36-27 pulls the Elks to a record of 4-10. and uh, Kevin Brown was dynamite, JJ. Uh, and then down, well, I guess up the road in Saskatoon, Alberta Golden Bears with a massive win. Griffiths Stadium in Saskatoon, tough place to play. They had about 10,000 fans earlier in the year for a game. Uh, Bears go in and beat the number three ranked U of S Huskies by a score of 26-22 to improve to 3-0. and 3-0 for the first time since 2005. And then, I mean, the hits just kept coming all weekend. We'll get to the NFL. We'll get to a couple other football notes. But then this morning, the Plouffe sisters, Catherine and Michelle, win the 3x3 women's World Championship in Mongolia. Michelle and Catherine, part of this uh, four-person team uh, with a 16-15 win over France. Just amazing. So second straight time that they've won. So we're going to touch on that. Uh, Yesterday, again, it's a standing golf match for yours truly at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. And it's like... You know, it's like the Seinfeld with Kramer already. You know, the ball's just sitting there, Jerry, and I can't hit it. And I just, it's embarrassing, and I got pounded again on the course. And if only, if only there would be a mindset coach to help me along. Wouldn't that be nice if there would be someone that could help me along and get me out of this funk as we welcome in our Monday morning co-host, Lori Ann Munzer. Good morning, L.A. Good morning. Can you help me? Oh, Please. definitely. <laughs> Golf is not a game of perfect, and it is all about mindset and oh. totally letting go. Letting go. Well, I let go of a one club on uh, 16 that went for a little bit of a... And I, I've been trying to curb that kind of emotion. Yep. You got lots of energy to bottle up, and uh, we can actually parlay it down the fairway for you. Well, if I can start beating these bozos, Murray, Pierce, and Wiz on a Sunday, that you know, okay. you could, you could make some serious cash off me, helping me along. Well, we could do that. No problem. I'd like that. Yep. I would really like that. Uh, also, uh, with us every day, the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Duke, how was the weekend? How did your NFL picks and? prognostications go uh the picks went uh pretty so-so about 50 50 on the weekend for uh making a few wagers and things like that but fantasy wise who great weekend for really me, yeah yeah i'm uh heading into monday night here with a few guys left to play but things are looking pretty promising on a nice undefeated weekend on the fantasy front but in our uh fantasy frenzy survivor pool I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, I got a little too greedy in picking uh, bad teams to get wins here early in the season. I went with my Texans oh. over the Colts, and yeah, that Texans defense is really bad. 
really, really bad. They couldn't stop anything. So disappointing, yeah. but uh, you know what? That's good because if I'd won, I wouldn't have felt good taking the prize anyway. So this way one of our uh, avid listeners can have it instead. And you told me to dress Damian Pierce over Nico Collins. Is that correct on Friday? We'll have to check the tape. Uh, yes. But I'm sure no. that sounds like something I would have said. Uh, Nico Collins, I believe 26 points. Um, Damian Pierce had five and a half. Yeah. 27 points for Collins. So thanks for that, Duke. That not really, much, not that much really helped me out. Game for Houston that there, really helped me out, Duke. Very excited about yeah. that. No more, no more advice from the Duke. Um, of course, the big news over the weekend was Mike Babcock in the NHL, um, resigns, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, his exact statement from Mike Babcock resigning in Columbus after Paul Bizanet basically went uh, public with some information that he obtained from players uh, with the phones and things like that. Upon reflection, this is from Mike Babcock. It has be become clear that continuing as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets was going to be too much of a distraction, Babcock said in a statement released by the team. While I'm disappointed to not have had the opportunity to continue the work we've begun. I know it's in the best interest of the organization for me to step away at this time. I wish everyone in the organization well in the upcoming season. We're going to take a much deeper dive on this at uh, 8 o'clock, a little bit with Mark Spector for Booster Juice, and then uh, at 8.20, Brian Hedger from uh, Columbus Dispatch uh, will join us to uh, kind of go into this. Uh, well, it's, been a, it's a total debacle for the organization. So, L.A. Munzer... Uh, when you were competing, won an Olympic gold, uh, 2004, Athens, women's sprint cycling. Um, I don't, maybe you didn't even have a phone back then. <laughs> you know, it's a long time ago, but yeah. what would you have said if, if your coach at the time said, you know, and I guess you have to put it into perspective where it would have been a new coach or someone new to you. Mm -hmm. Um, can I, let's have a look at some of your pictures on your phone. What would you have done what would your reaction have been being a little older it's something that i would be curious why mm -hmm. um i'm not sure if that's necessarily appropriate it's like what's what's the point uh what are you looking for yeah you know i don't mind sharing some stuff but if if we're being professional here um you got to bring your A professional game. I think for some of the younger players, this is a tight spot to be in. Um, one, experience. Two, this is your life. This is what you're shooting for, literally. Um, it, it's a tough one. Mm -hmm. It's a tough one. I, I think you you got to leave the personal stuff once you get onto the ice, and it's just that's that. There's 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 got to be boundaries. Lorianne Munzer is our Monday morning co-host on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Text line open 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. The Stair Farmer chimes in. Good morning, everyone. The Babcock drama is so dumb. He should, should never coach in the NHL again. He just brings the NHL drama, which is what's been happening for the last, uh, I guess, since Wednesday, I guess, last Wednesday. Uh I, I'll be honest. I don't. I never ever thought it would get to this stage last week when this was early on in the going. And then once it's kind of um, 
got some legs and 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 snowballed. Um, what do you think these players are thinking moving forward? Oh, I think it's tough, and I think they really got to focus in on on what's coming up. What do they want to do? Uh, there's always going to be different things coming sideways, out of the blue. This isn't the first time this has gone on for Mike. No. Right? So what is the organization doing? What is the organization saying? Number one, you want your players to be in the right mindset, to be able to play the games. It's one game at a time to move to the next, to the next, to the next. And you have to reduce the distractions. This is a really big one. It is a big one, for sure. Um, one other factor coming with the organization, like let's let's not th- let the organization off the hook here. How much did the organization know about this before? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was it, you know, did it come to light with them even a little bit before? And I'm talking, you know, higher up, you know, as far as uh, the GM goes and and president, owner, whatever. Or did it come to light basically when Paul Bissonnette made it come to light? So where do you see that, like, as an organization, I mean, you know, they've got a lot to clean up here. They do. How do you clean it up? Number one, I think you got to, I believe you got to do what's right. What's right for the players, what's right for the organization. Um, you got to set those boundaries. It's almost too late, though. I mean, it is, you know. But the other thing is, you also have to do your due diligence before, in the process of getting your coaching, your development team, your staff. That is part of it, I believe. And you've got to stick to those. I'm not going to say rules, but you got to stick to those morals, those beliefs. You're doing the right thing, and it's just you're there to make and to help the players be better, to do their jobs, to do the games. John Davidson is uh, president of hockey operations. Yarmo Kekalainen is the general manager. So I believe that they will be holding a news conference today to address a little bit more about this. Um, actually, I don't even know if it was a media conference. It might might have been their annual, just a media day to kick off the season. So um, the the how and why of this isn't going to go away in the, in the next little bit, but... Uh, they're going to have to answer again. Did they know about it? Did, did they not know about it? I mean, and then the direction where they're going. Um, so a new coach in Columbus with uh, not a whole lot of, I guess, uh, experience. Um, he comes in. Uh, Pascal Vincent is the, the the new head coach of the Blue Jackets. So uh, an organization that, that is at a very big crossroads uh, right now. So again, we'll take a deeper dive with us with this with Brian Hedger of Columbus Dispatch at 820. Uh, coming up at 720 will be uh, Edmonton Elks assistant general manager G. Roy Simon. Um, big win. Now the Elks, again, ha, as a, a as a athlete who won an Olympic gold medal to see your your fortunes turn around it has to be so gratifying, especially because there were so many dark times for the first, well, two months of the season plus being 0-9. Mm-hmm. So how do you do it? And I mean, you're going to ask G-Roy a couple of questions. Yeah. How did you stick with the program? So kind of just shed a little light on that, L.A. Turning things around is 
literally one game at a time, you got to figure out where you're gelling, where things are working, where they're not, and figure out, okay, well, what are we going to do to flip this around? <laughs> Setting the team up for success, moving it forward. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? It's like, okay, let's make the next pass. Let's let's make the name next kick. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really having those those pictures in your mind. You've done them before in practice and it's, all right, it's game time. This is where you get to showcase all your best talents. You got to put it on the line, literally, and move it forward. Lorianne Munzer is our Monday morning co-host on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. If you've got a text, uh, something maybe you'd like to ask uh, G. Roy Simon coming up at 720, uh, shoot us off a text at one eight three three four zero one. 1440. Uh, we'll have some uh, open time from uh, a little after Brian Hedger. Then at 9.20, Jimmy Murphy from Boston Hockey Now. We'll discuss uh, things with the Bruins. A lot of transition with the Bruins with, uh, you know, players like Patrice Bergeron moving on. Uh, we'll check in, probably get his thoughts on what's going on with local product Jake DeBrusque's well, trying to sign a longer-term deal and, and maybe solidify his future with the Bruins. Uh, 9.40, Dean Cordero, head coach of the McEwen Griffins women's soccer team, will join us. Uh, Griffins off to a good start, won the national championship a couple years ago, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. Uh, 10.20, Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star and the Blue Jays, uh, kind of beat reporter, I guess, used to do Blue Jays baseball play-by-play uh, as well. Uh, he will join us at 1020 and the Jays, man, the sky was falling uh, heading into the weekend, but they come back with uh, three big wins over the Boston Red Sox, two of them in extra innings. Um, and the Jays now all of a sudden back into the wild card playoff picture because of Texas and Seattle stumbling on the weekend. Um, we touched it off the top, uh, uh, Lorianne, with um, the FIBA 3X3, Blue Sisters, Michelle. Catherine, um, top of the world. You were there. Yep. What's it like for them, for you? Oh, I, can, I, I can only imagine what they're going through right now. Like another season, another win. This is huge. And it's just, this is what you work for. This is what you dream about. This is what you play for. This is what you practice. You eat, you breathe it, you sleep it, you walk it, you talk it. And just this combo of the four women, right? The two Plouffe sisters, mm-hmm. Crozon, Bosch. Yeah. You said that uh, the Plouffe sisters are graduates from Harry, Harry Ainley, Ainley yes. like locals. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? And it, it's, it's amazing when you get your your city behind you. It's just there's that energy that you take with you, even though they're not necessarily at the venue, it, it, it is there. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have that energy that this team has created is doing is competing and just keeps raising the bar and raising the bar is huge. Second straight win for Canada over France. They won last year, 21, 16 as well. Uh, Catherine had a game high 10 points in this game and set up, uh, as you mentioned, Crozon with the winning shot here. Um, just amazing. So back to back, um, Paul Sir was on with us a little while last week, I guess, at this. Oh, he was on a week ago on Monday. And it's a different setup of how you qualify for the Olympic Games. So they'll have to kind of, just because you, I think maybe they qualify now, maybe if they win this. I don't know. But it's a weird system to qualify. We'll get into that a little bit later, too. So when we come back, Edmonton Elks. 
Assistant GM G. Roy Simon will join us to talk about the Elks' big win over Saskatchewan. This is the Kevin Carey Show with Monday morning co-host Lorian Munzer on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. 720 in the capital region, 8 degrees, looking for a high of double that today, 16 degrees. Uh, pretty decent weather as we, well, we're into... Third week of September here, which means football season is hot and heavy. We welcome in Edmonton Elks Assistant GM G. Roy Simon to the program. G. Roy, how are you doing this uh, fine Monday morning? Doing great. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's going great here, and it's going great for you guys. Uh, a couple wins in a row, including uh, Fridays over Saskatchewan, 36-27. Um, just kind of touch on how pleased you were with how the team performed in Regina. Well, it was it was kind of a frustrating game for the most part, um, knowing that you know we could we could play a lot better than what we did, um, you know, giving them a lot of penalties. But in the end, you know, a win's a win, and, and we we were excited to to, um, to to finish it off in the in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, we felt we could we could we we were going to play well, um, and and you know we we ran the ball very well, and you know Kevin Brown had a had an excellent game, and and, and the offensive line. They they totally dominated that that defensive front for Saskatchewan. That was that's what we were really excited about. And you know, like I said, to to get a win after um you know after after not winning so many games early, um, we're we're pretty excited about you know the momentum we have and the, and the direction we're going. That's G. Roy Simon, uh, Elks assistant GM. Uh, G. Roy, I'm going to bring in uh, my Monday morning co-host, Lorianne Munzer, won the Olympic gold for Canada 2004 women's sprint cycling. Now she's a mindset coach, and she wants to kind of pick your brain on a couple of subjects. Go ahead, Ellie. Good morning, G. Roy. Um, I noticed that you do a lot of or have done some keynote speaking, and you talk about engaged teamwork. When you're working with the team and, and coming out of the trough here, what you know is your main message or main messages that you're leaving with the team to you know get them literally back on track? Well, the things that the things that I talk about and the, and the messages that I give to a lot of a lot of people in, in, in team sports is is being selfless and, and putting the team in front of you. The putting the team's goals in front of your own. The, the most success I've ever had in as an athlete is when I put the team's uh, success in, in, in front of my own individual success. And, and fun, the funny thing is, that's when I've had the, the most success in, in my career as an athlete. Um, so the, the the main thing for me is, you know, preparing like you know, preparing like you know, I, I, this is going to be my last day, my last season, uh, my last game. But then you know, you know. Doing whatever I can to, to to help the guy beside me to to be successful. Um, did you have a similar situation? I think was it in BC? You guys were off to a, a tough start, and did you kind of relay that message to this group of, uh, of players? Yeah. So uh, in in 2011, we started one and seven, and and we ended up you know winning I think nine of ten and 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 winning the Great Cup. Um, so you know it, the, the the it's a very similar message. Um, if you notice, we haven't made a lot of roster changes. Um, you know, the, the, one of the keys was, was relaying to, to these players that they're very good players and, and we see them as such. They just have to, you know, start playing together as a team. And, you know, we're the ones put ourselves in this situation. And, and, and for the most part, these players are going to be the ones that get, it out, get us out of this situation. So, um, you know, just continually 
um, projecting a, a, a positive message to, to, to the guys and, and letting them know that, you know, they're, you know, we, that we believe in them. Um, you, you touched on Kevin Brown. So he, he cracks a thousand yards for the second straight year. Uh, and he only, you know, he wasn't here for a whole season last year, but what impresses you about Kevin Brown out of, uh, incarnate word, He's just you know he keeps churning the legs and I mean you, you you did mention the O-line had a great game but what is it about Kevin Brown that excites you with this team moving forward well Kevin's a, you know he's a he's a very he's a young back which is which is really really um exciting you know we can you know hopefully we can keep him here for a long time if the NFL doesn't come calling um but you know he's a guy that that can that can um play in between the tackles but once he gets to the second level um, if he gets a crease, he can he can take it ninety you know ninety yards, which a lot of a lot of backs in this league can't do. Um, you know he has the speed, he has the agility, and he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a short he's short, but um, he's very compact and he's, he has good balance. Um, so you know those are the things that you look for in a running back. Um, he has all the tools to to you know to to be able to you know like I said you know do some special things that a lot of other backs in this league can't do. You look at, you know, the the league leader, Brady Oliveira, he gets a lot of touches, but uh, Ke- Kevin, you know, I think 150 yards behind him with probably 50 less less carries um, because, you know, those guys can't, can't you know, take the ball 90 yards like, like Kevin can. So talking about mindset here is what was Trey Ford's mindset being third stringer to starter? Well, in the end, you know, regardless if you're a, a starter at the beginning or, or a, you know, a backup, you know, you have to prepare like you're like you're going to be the starter. And um, you know, at the beginning of the year, honestly, Trey wasn't doing that. He was, you know, he was um, he wasn't doing the things that 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 you know gave him the opportunity to um, to 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 be a starter. And you know, to his credit, he he looked in the mirror and saw that you know there was there were some things that he was lacking, and he worked on them. And week by week, he got better um, as we were going through our through our uh, through our struggles. And when he got his opportunity, he was prepared because you know he put in the work not only on the field but off the field, and um, and got himself to a position that that he can that he can pr- perform at a high level. Great. Text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. G. Roy Simon, Elks assistant GM, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with um, Lorianne Munzer, our Monday morning co-host. Uh, how did you come out of the game in Saskatchewan health-wise, G. Roy? You were banged up a couple injuries from the Calgary back to back, but uh, what's the overall health of the team right now? The good thing is, uh, you know, we played we played three games in, in what eighteen days, I think, um, and. You know we're 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 in good shape. Um, you know I think you know backing off in practice and and you know coaches really taking taking care of the guys, um, giving them you know giving them time off to, to get off their feet. Um, you know not not um, you know practicing them too hard, and um, you know getting them in the weight room and keeping them in the training room and 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 doing all the things necessary for their bodies to recover. So we're we're health wise we're in actually good pretty good shape. And what about the defense in Saskatchewan? What did you like about how your defense played against the Riders? Well, you know, the the main thing for us is is controlling the line of scrimmage, and we definitely did it on offense. But um, 
we we did it on defense where you know they they didn't have um the running lanes that they normally have um and you know we we shut down their running game pretty good and then you know when when it really counted um and we needed a pass rush you know they smothered Jake uh uh Gala and 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 got the safety in the in the fourth quarter which was which was huge put us up by two scores so um you know, defensive line, defensive front played really well. Um, our secondary, you know, even they, you know, we gave up a few uh, touchdown passes on on a few missed assignments, but for the most part, they played played they played well. Um, so, you know, we're, we're just excited about about where we're at as a team. Um, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, we had we had a tough start and we put ourselves in a tough situation, but we still control our own destiny. Um, and we're looking forward to, you know, finishing out the season, uh, starting, you know, here and here. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So how do you balance, G-Roy, between looking at a slim playoff chance and the process of continuing and moving forward and going to the next game? What do you do to balance that? Well, our, our thing right now is, is just take one game at a time. Um, we can't, you know, we can't look forwards. We can't look backwards. we got to look at what's right in front of us. And, you know, BC's the next opponent up. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we have to win the game to, to keep our playoff chances alive. Um, we feel confident going into the game. We feel that um, even though we were shut out twice against them uh, this, this year, um, we feel that, you know, the, the new, new and improved Elks has, has something to prove, and, and we feel very confident going into the game on Friday night. Elks with a record. Of, sorry, Lorian. Elks with a record of four and ten. BC's uh, nine and four. Um, Calgary just a, a little ahead of you with a game in hand. Um, those two losses to BC, as you mentioned, very lopsided, couldn't get anything going on offense. What would you describe to Elks fans is the difference between your team now as the team that played the Lions earlier in the season? Well, I mean, as, as everybody can see, and it's very obvious that we're a totally different team right now. Um, you know the, the confidence, the you know the physicality that we that we play with, um, the moxie we play with is is, is totally different. Um, again, you know the the past is the past, and and you know we we feel very confident going into this game. Um, you know I won't give the game plan, but you know just just than what we than what everybody experienced uh, earlier in the season. For sure. So the past is the past. What is the one thing you would love the the public to know that they don't know about the Elks? Like, what's one thing you wish they knew? Well, the the one thing that that people don't it's it's almost like people don't realize is these are the same players that have won four of the last five as were. Um, when we went 0-9. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't changed any players. You know, obviously Trey Ford is, is the starter, but, you know, it's the same offensive line, it's the same running backs, it's the same receivers. So, um, you know, this is this is the team that we envisioned uh, when we put this team together. Obviously, we're, we're a very young group, um, but there's some positives in that. Um, you know, you have to go through the, through the tough times, but when, it, when now that these kids, are, these guys are growing up, and, and understanding how how to play the games, and not only play the games but win the games, um, you know you're starting to see the growth and 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 you know the uh, the potential that we saw in these in, in these players when we when we put this team together. 
G. Roy Simon is with uh, Carius and Munzer on a Monday morning, 7.32 in the Capital Region on Sports 1440. Uh, you, you mentioned growth a couple times there, G. Roy. Um, as, a, as a coach or, or a manager, in your case, uh, every person wants to dial up that growth button. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but how, how is it that, you know, all of a sudden things start to click? Like, is there a certain time period that you look at it? Okay, we got, you know, six, eight games. And if they don't get it by then, we might have to go in a different direction. But what, was there a point where you said, no, these are the guys and we believe in them? Like, how does that work? Yeah, like I, like I said before, you know, we, we, we continue to believe in these guys and we can continue to pump positivity into them. Um, knowing that, you know, with, with, you know, 45 guys in your active roster, 23 of them are first or second year guys. So we knew that there were going to be bumps in the road. We, we obviously thought that we were going to be a little further ahead, but, you know, you know, growth and growth and, and, and understanding take, take a little more time when, when you're playing, um, professional football, you know, these, you know, these guys are 23, 24, 25 years old. And they're playing against guys that are a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. So you figure that, you know, in a normal circumstance, you know, you, you have four or five new guys, but we had twenty. Well, we have twenty-three. So you figure that um, it, it'll take about you know seven to eight games for them to to really get it and really understand. And and you know, hopefully in those in those tough times, they don't lose faith and they don't lose, lose hope, which our guys never did. Um, mm-hmm. When we were 0 and 9, you know, a lot of people came and watched practice, and they they never thought that that um, you know we were 0 and 9. But by the way, we practiced, and now you can you can you can see the uh, the growth in these guys, and 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 you know the, the the steps that they've taken to to you know to get to get ourselves in a position where we can we can you know continue to win games now because what was the work we put in early. You are 100% correct in that, G-Roy. I was one of the guys down there watching practice at 0-4, 0-5, and I never, ever believed that the team, just by watching the demeanor, uh, watching uh, how excited the players were to be on the field, uh, that they hadn't recorded a victory yet. And that's a testament to uh, driving home that that message. So... uh, when you played, did you did you find that there were more um, players coming to CFL teams around NFL cutdown and you know a couple weeks into the NFL season back when you were playing? Uh, has that kind of tapered off a little bit? Or uh, to me, it seems there's less. Am I correct in that? Chris Jones kind of corrected me and said, "No, we're still bringing guys in." He said that last week. But uh, um, is it a little different than when you were playing back in the day? No, it's 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 been it's it's about it's pretty consistent right now. Um, you know, a lot of guys that that come in, um, you know, they they are waiting a little bit longer, but you know, we're still getting we're still getting guys coming up here. It's just you know, instead of them, you know, coming right away, um, they're they're waiting a few more weeks and, or even a full uh, full off season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we we brought in a few guys for roster expansion yes, yesterday. Um, and we brought in a couple, a couple practice squad guys, and and you know, probably you know three quarters of them are are from the NFL. They've been in NFL camps this this uh, this season. So um, we just got to work a little harder to get them. Um, yeah. And you know, fortunately for for us, 
I, I feel like I'm I'm probably the best recruiter in Canada <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to you know bringing guys in. So um, I'm I'm pretty yeah. confident in 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 saying that um, the guys we're bringing in um, they're coming from the NFL and or they spent at least some time in the NFL and and you know it's it's a little harder to get them but but they're still coming. Uh, one last one for G. Roy Simon. Then after Friday night, you get back. Uh, are you able to kind of put your feet up for a few hours and watch some college ball? Maybe you're probably doing some scouting while you're watching, I assume, and and maybe a little NFL. What's the rest of the weekend look like for G. Roy Simon? Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm always working. I'm always you know looking for the next guy to to you know to to either put on a negotiation list or bring him into training camp. So I'm I'm continually working. Um, my fo- my TV's on football 24 hours a day, whether it's watching our own film or watching you know college or the NFL. Um, I'm I'm always looking for the next guy. Um, so I you know the mm-hmm. good thing is I love watching football. So I'm I'm basically getting paid to to, um, <laughs> to do something I love, yeah. and you know I wouldn't have it any other way. And do you are you. Um like we call it an over scout. How how do you how, how do you be careful with that? Where you know, well, this guy ain't coming. Uh, so where do you how do you draw that line where this guy could come? Where is that? It, you know, there's a lot of factors that that play into um, that play into this thing. Um, and after doing it for for such a long time now, um, I feel that you know there's there's you know there's there's different characteristics that to, to show um, you know whether a guy will come up or not, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 12 million dollars and still come up to the CFL um, when, when most players wouldn't. So that's where you got to do your background work. You got to talk to um, the agent. You got to talk to um, former coaches and former trainers and people that are close um, to, to the player. Um, if not, even talk to the player if you, yeah. if you can get a hold of them. So you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of background work we do before we you know bring a guy up. It's not just you know finding a guy and, and bringing him up. There's a lot of background we do um, just to find out you know not only is he a good player, but also is he a good human being? Is he a good uh, is he a good teammate and someone that we can rely on not only on the field but off the field and in the community? G. Roy, thanks so much for spending uh, some time on a Monday morning with us. Uh, best of luck Friday night against the BC Lions. Hopefully, you guys can make it three in a row. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, and we look forward to seeing you guys on Friday night. Perfect. That's G. Roy Simon, Elks Assistant GM. It's a 7.30, they say, kickoff on Friday night. We'll get to that after the break, one of another pet peeve that the CFL has to change. Um, and to your text, one 401 Got a couple NFLers to talk about. When we come back, the Kevin Carey Show with our Monday morning co-host, Lori Ann Munzer on Sports 1440. Oh, good tune, Duke. He's really bringing it this morning. The Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Um, before the uh, break, we were just talking about so the start time for the Elks in BC Friday is, okay, they say 7.30. We know it's not going to be 7.30. It'll be probably closer to about 7.40-ish for kickoff. I've been saying this for years. They can't have these later start times again, especially in the fall. I think you should have one 8 o'clock start at the end of June where it's beautiful out still. You know, we got the late summer nights. Start this game at 7 o'clock. Start it at 7, please. I mean, another... 
if you're a gate-driven league, CFL, you know, adhere to your fans. Say 7 o'clock. Do you have an opinion on that, LA? Or are you just going to, you know, and even last, we talked, Rick Lawlisher was in, uh, you know, um, and he talked about the, the Friday night game. It should be for the Elks and uh, Stampeders coming back after the Labor Day Classic. And we had a bunch of texters say, uh, no, you shouldn't have it. Then Rick Lawlisher comes in and says it would be the first thing that he changes if he were. Yes, it's the back-to-school, back-to-school game. Have this game on Friday. Start it at 7. It overlaps. Yes, it overlaps a little bit of the day, the, the first game of the doubleheader that starts at 5 our time. If you want to continue watching that one, continue watching it. If you don't, now you want to still watch the 7 o'clock start. I don't know. I think 7 o'clock is a perfect time. Yes, especially in not the fall. Not too early, not too late. Well, it's and, just right. Well, to be honest, at this time of the year, I think that, you know, then I, I think you should be getting into the Saturday games and playing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at this time of the year on the Saturday. And again, if you're doubling up, it is what it is. Stay away from these double headers at this time of the year, especially. Uh, Texter. King of Fort Nasty. Uh, good morning, KK and Duke at uh, 1-833-401-1440. The King of Fort Nasty. Good morning, KK and Duke. Well, it's another NFL season and another horrible start for my Denver Broncos. As I sit here with a bang on my head, I just can't understand why my team chose to sign a washed-up quarterback at this price, at this term. I know what's done is done, and I'm stuck with this for the foreseeable future, but still ask myself, why? Duke, Why? Can Denver ever get out of it? I mean, Russell Wilson had a decent game, but they still gave up 35 points to Washington. Well, and that's exactly it. The last season and even week one of this year, it was that this defense props up what was a terrible offense last year and then uh, what was supposed to be you know, a work in progress through the first week of this season. And I think a lot of Broncos fans had this maybe fallacy created in their brain that just because you bring in Sean Payton, who is – by all measures, a very good coach. And I don't think this is any indictment on him. But you like mm-hmm. Russell Wilson was long propped up by very good defenses in Seattle and very good run game and good receivers. Like I don't think Russell Wilson's a bad quarterback, but I don't think he's maybe as good as some people perceived him to be, even when Denver first made this trade and he wanted uh, out of Seattle. Uh, for whatever personal reasons those were. So it, it's tough scene for the Broncos. I, I have a couple of friends that are Broncos fans mm-hmm. as well. And the fact that they play in the division they do and you're up against the Chiefs every year. And I mean, the Chargers are 0-2 as well, but they're never an easy out. And and the Raiders kind of have the Broncos number going back several years too. So things aren't looking very good in the, in the Mile High City right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be a, a process here in terms of figuring out how does Sean Payton actually try and get Russell Wilson back to what we've seen of him in the past, which at times has been like an MVP caliber quarterback, but it's just not looking like it right now. It was almost a miracle. They almost pulled it out or sent it to overtime anyway. Well, that's ex- It's it's going to be the best Hail Mary that nobody remembers <laughs> yes. because they still lose the game in regulation, right? Yeah. It's not, it doesn't two- force a, a coin flip for overtime or yeah. nothing. They can't get the two-point conversion, but it, that, that was awesome. I was I literally screamed and jumped out of my couch when I, that mm-hmm. ball gets tipped and you see those two uh, white jerseys in behind the, the defenders. They're just standing yeah. on the goal line there's always a prayer and you don't see plays like that work very often it's fun when they actually do rob texts in at one 401 yes rob we are receiving your texts that's all he wanted to know mike from the vague uh good morning did you already talk about mike babcock yes we did off the top we'll talk a little more about babcock at eight o'clock with mark specter and then at eight twenty with brian hedger from the columbus dispatch i'm getting some personal texts and you can also email me at kevin at 
sports1440.ca about how brutal my golf game is. And we touched on it off the top. So how can you, not just me, I'm sure there are other golfers that are, it's the end of the season, yes. How how can you help a person on, you know, try to get his game on track in, in a sport like golf? Like, so Lorian Munzer, Olympic champion, 2004, individual sport, golf individual sport. A lot different than when you talk to people in, about team sports. Yes. It's way different. So what would you, what's the best advice you would have to a golfer that is struggling? Well, I was working with a client of mine with business stuff. And then he said, hey, similar situation like you with golfing. And we started off with, well, what do you want to do with the game? And he had an idea of, of what he was wanting to hit. So I said, okay, well, let's focus on that. And what are a couple of things, just one or two things that you could do? Number one was going in with a relaxed mindset because the more you try, the harder you try, the worse the game's going to get. And it doesn't matter with what sport, mm-hmm. whether it's football, it's hockey, it's golf, it's cycling, it doesn't matter. Is just focus on one thing. And what's the one thing you can control? How hard are you gripping the club? Well, maybe go in a little more relaxed. Now, the question is, are you looking at the ball or are you thinking where the ball's going to go? So we became, (laughs) he became focused and he started thinking about instead of getting onto the green is getting it into the cup. Okay. And the funny thing that happened is that the game started shifting. He started having fun. He would go in more relaxed. He had a couple cues. And I did some work work with uh, Lisa Longball. Okay, yes. Oh my gosh. Did a couple celebrity tournaments and she was there. She gave a clinic. It was the best 25 minutes I have ever spent. Hmm. And she said, you know, think about picking up a suitcase. It's just, you go down to pick it up and then you take your hands and you're holding your club like that. And then she gave me a cue with just, you're swinging back and then you just let it go. And it was that one cue that Mm. just did everything. Part of it, what happened was you're thinking of not how hard I have to hit the ball, but just where are you putting the ball? Mm -hmm. And the ball nine out of 10 times will go where you're thinking and wanting it to go. But Mm. if you're looking down and going, I got to like smack it out of the park, it's not going to happen. For, um, I guess most golfers, um, I think they have a hard time putting maybe a bad hole or a bad shot behind them. Mm-hmm. So how do you, what do you say to golfers to try to get rid of that and try to break free of that? Well, I would say use the words reset, reset, take your hands, slap your quads, you know, slap your pipes and just do the reset. Cause you got to clear your head, shake it off literally. And mm-hmm. then go when you tee up the ball, just tee up the most and best shot ever. Hmm. I can't wait to get on the course on Sunday, next Sunday. I just can't. Well, actually, you know what? Tomorrow, I forgot. Tomorrow is the, uh, it's the Barry Cates Media, uh, Barry Cates Memorial Media Tournament with the Oilers yeah. uh, at the Glendale in the afternoon. So we'll be there. Maybe, you'll, well, could you imagine if things turn around for me just after this five minute conversation with you? Uh, I think it will. Oh, I man. think it will. It's just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Uh, Texter writes, uh, watching PGA golf has ruined my game. They make it look so easy. I think I can just walk up to the ball and do what they do. Turns out that's not the case. So I had no choice but to go back to practicing. And that's, again, I mean, you have to practice. Practice. Practice, practice. Well, one is practice in your mind. Mm -hmm. 
and practice on the course or the greens. There, there was a, uh, and maybe you've heard of this, um, and true story, uh, a Vietnam, a prisoner of war in Vietnam, American soldier, was a scratch golfer mm-hmm. uh, before he joined uh, the uh, army and went to Vietnam, was a prisoner of war for a couple of years. Imagine the hell that he went through. Every day he pictured and went through his mind a, a, a round of golf. But he pictured it. It wasn't a four-hour round of golf. It was probably a, a twelve or fourteen-hour round. That he every shot, like he, as he said, he he pictured the blade of grass. He pictured, um, you know, the wind. Uh, you know, you know, before every shot, it was probably a, a you know a ten twenty-minute visualization of everything. And yeah. he, he came out, and after being in a hole and you know pure hell for how long, I think he ended up shooting like one or two over par. Absolutely. Well, it's like talking with G. Roy Simon there just yeah. before. He eats, he sleeps, he walks mm-hmm. football. And that's what you got to do. And it's just an everyday practice. Um, just before we go to break, uh, Duke, uh, this comes from Northside Norm. Did the Duke watch the replacements? Because we were talking about that Friday. And that'll be your homework assignment, L.A. Munzer. Watch the replacements this week somehow. Okay. <laughs> I could just see you watching this movie. Well, did you, Duke? I couldn't find it anywhere, oh, Kevin. Well. So uh, I mentioned this to you when I was leaving on Friday, and you sent me a text to, to kind of catch up heading into the weekend, and I was feeling a little under the weather. Yeah. So Friday I went home and pretty much slept all afternoon, got up, watched the uh, most of the Elks game, all about the first quarter for the most part, uh, and then the first half of Colorado and CSU on Saturday night. And then Sunday, I mean, yeah. my Sunday's full. So full. sorry, sorry, Norm, uh, but I'm not <laughs> watching a movie on Sunday. I simply don't have the time my schedule. It's uh, seven plus hours of commercial free football for me. So it is still on the top of my priority list. I've got a couple nights this week. I'm still hoping to get out and golf a couple times yeah. uh, here as we get into the la- uh, last couple weeks of the season. But um, no, it's uh, I'm going to track it down, whether it be a uh, illegal CD online stream or something, or I, uh, find, I buy it off of iTunes or something. I don't know. But uh, I will watch it, I promise. Just haven't got to it yet. All right. Well, again, so there's your homework assignment, L.A. Uh, At the top of the hour, we will check in with uh, On the Mark, Mark Spector, powered by Booster Juice. uh, Before we pump the brakes, uh, this Sports 1440 update is brought to you by First Round. Wear an NFL jersey tonight to the downtown location and get 50% off wings. Ooh, yeah. Here's a Duke.